0: Love by Lulu Degana, right here on SAFM's Life Happens. Nine minutes now, after two o'clock, my name is Pimelo Motina. Now, on to a really very sad conversation now. Food security and universities. Now, listen to this. If you can wrap your head around how staggering these numbers are, 64.5% of students at the University of the Free State are food insecure. Sixty-four. Point five percent of students at the University of the Free State are food insecure. That is way beyond half the number of students there. At the University of KwaZulu-Natal, 55%. Of students there are from low-income families where food insecure is a reality. My guest is Dr. Mark Bechrif, who is a postdoctoral fellow University of Pretoria joins us now to really unpack how serious food insecurity is at universities. A very good afternoon to you and thank you very much for joining us doc.
1: Afternoon, Pamela and the listeners. Thanks for having me.
0: It's, it's the elephant in the room, isn't it? It's that skeleton in the cupboard where we, we want to talk about how fantastic it is to have the number of black, poor students joining universities. But we're not discussing what makes it so difficult for them to stay in universities and some, many of them, dropping out because of food insecurity.
1: Yes, I mean, the, this arises, and I think an article that you referred to with those figures arises from a project looking at access to food for students led by the Dalla Oma Institute and supported by the Center of Excellence in Food Security. So it was realized that there is this largely hidden and unknown issue affecting students, and so the the project has tried to explore what is going on. Certainly it's been found, we have, first of all, we have a great lack of information on the scale of the problem, so we don't have figures for most universities, Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't believe that the figures are there any better for universities you know, uh, Where we don't have the figures So we're not, when, when mentioning the free state is not because we're singling them out as the worst It's mm. just because they actually at least took the effort To find out what's going on mm. And we hope other universities will be following suit and you know, analyzing the situation in order to be able to do more about it. And let's be open about it, because it has been a hidden issue. I think hidden because of stigma around it, yep. hidden also because we assume that once you're in tertiary education, you're making it, uh, you know, and, and we assume as you're so indicating that getting into tertiary education, especially for uh, black students from poorer households and homes in South Africa, you know, is a step towards transformation, towards Uh, Those students, you know, leading professional lives in the future, becoming leaders in the future. So unfortunately, something like this uh, lack of food security and even hunger is is perpetuating intergenerational poverty and inequality along class lines, along race lines.
0: You've you've discussed... Stigma. And stigma is a big thing because in as much as we may try to gather this data, as you've said, part of the problem is that the stigma around being seen as being poor is in itself a problem. So it's also difficult to have these interventions. You've got some universities who've started food banks and so on. But students don't want to be seen to be lining up for these handouts
1: yeah i don 't think anyone does and if you think of uh, life as a young person in a place like a university or a college, peer pressure is a real thing it 's mm-hmm. not something for us to take lightly mm-hmm. so to to acknowledge that one actually needs help even with the basics of food is, is not an easy thing and that 's why we need a comprehensive approach we can 't just rely on sort of ad hoc interventions we can 't rely on charity for you know achieving what should be a right our constitution is clear in Section 27.1 that everybody should have a right of access to sufficient food, and even more so in universities which are state institutions. Surely then the government must have a a particular responsibility for ensuring that the right to food of students is being met. And apart from meeting that right, it's about achieving the sort of outcomes we want from our universities. Mm. We're investing a lot in the education of students. uh, If they are dropping out, in part because they're going hungry, or if they're not getting the kind of academic results they could, then we're also wasting resources as well as hampering the, you know, the future of those young people. And that is, I think, I mean, it, it it's been a sort of shock to me. I look at wider food systems and yep. we have wider food problems, but to realize that there's such a, a big problem right in our universities and to think what it means for those students. You're studying for exams, as many students are at the moment. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have the stress of exams, you're actually wondering where your next meal is coming from. Mm-hmm. You're not having adequate nutrition to be able to perform At your best. That's an extreme stress in an already stressed environment.
0: To To what extent do universities understand the complexities of this issue in the sense that, you know, the handouts are not quite the answer. These food banks are not quite the answer. And perhaps maybe if you change a bit of your infrastructure, like putting up a kitchen where people can access cheaper foods that they will prepare themselves is another way of skirting the issue.
1: Yeah, I think it it does need a comprehensive intervention touching on many things. Of course, poverty is at the heart of this, but it's poverty also combined with problematic food environments at our universities. So we need to create good food environments with Mm -hmm. healthy food being affordable Mm -hmm. and available to students. At the moment, the the food at many of our campuses, to be honest, is really not the healthiest or the most balanced diet or the most affordable. Mm -hmm. So you're coming with poverty and then you're in a situation where food is not affordable. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a situation where many students get their grants if they get the grant and we know there's problems with that but when they get the grant they have a limited amount of money put onto a student card it amounts to basically 40 rand a day they're supposed to survive on but they can't spend that anywhere where they can get the cheapest food and then as you're uh, saying like cook it for themselves they have to buy many have to buy pre-prepared food Mm. in only certain places and Mm -hmm. the money simply isn't enough to get you three reasonable meals a day sometimes even two reasonable meals a day so we could do a lot to change that food environment to enable people to cook for themselves Buy more cheaply not just in supermarkets but even from street food traders that often actually cheaper when it comes to fresh produce so we need to create a healthy food environment at our universities in our residences, and for our students but we also need to look at the, whether there is enough money going into the grants as i said if we if we're holding back on a little bit extra but we're limiting the potential of those students we're already spending a lot of money on. That doesn't make sense from the perspective of the student or in terms of what we're investing.
0: This, this is going to need a, a, a combined effort, isn't it, Doc? Because yeah. I, I often wonder about these beautiful lawns and sprinklers that are at university campuses <laughs> where yeah. perhaps we could have fruit trees for argument's sake, you know, where you don't need to be declaring, I'm hungry and I'm poor to be fed with something you know where perhaps we can change those gardens into being vegetable gardens where it becomes part of the culture of the university rather than being a problem that's been addressed only for poor students
1: Yep. I mean, let's look at this also as an opportunity. We have an opportunity for universities to be good examples of uh, both food production and food consumption, where students learn more about it in practice as well. You know, we had a seminar yesterday at University of Pretoria discussing this and uh, colleagues from WITS shared what they're doing. And that includes agroecological food gra- gardens, planting fruit trees. Let the campuses flow with food and life yep. and let anybody pick that fruit from the tree. And they also have set up a communal kitchen and so on. Other universities are also intervening ha- and including University of Pretoria and having food pantries where there are food handouts, you know, adding particular allowances to support students to get meals. But we really need a comprehensive approach. Mm-hmm. At are talking about food sovereignty as a comprehensive approach that also addresses who owns and controls the food system, who benefits from that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's clear yeah. that we have a problem of our food system in general in South Africa. It is making profits for a few, but it's leaving too many people hungry. It leaves farm workers hungry. It leaves children hungry. Uh, you know, so we need – universities are not going to solve their food issues – Outside a wider transformation of our food system, and at the same time, universities can play a very important role, not just in solving this issue for their students but also so you know helping create a better food system in the country
0: can we, can we talk about those grants because others will argue, yes, you know people have got grants, students are being given grants, students are given some allowances, but those are problematic in in the main because you have students who are coming from homes where There's almost this expectation. It's a difficult one. No one is going to admit to the fact that the money, my stipend, I've sent it home because actually I feel that my siblings need it more.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting findings for me was seeing that students who are the first generation from their families in tertiary education are some of the, those suffering the most. And for, you know, someone coming from a poor rural family, no one in the family has ever been to university before. Now you're sitting at a prestigious place like Wits or University of Pretoria. There's a lot of expectation on you. And the poverty your family in is not suddenly alleviated because you're, you know, you're in the city now studying. So what happens when you get, you know, your your NSFAS grant, but someone is calling you and saying, we have no food at home, or we can't afford school fees for younger siblings, for example. There's a lot of pressure on such students. Mm. At the same time, even outside those pressures, as I was saying, the, the living allowance at the moment on the NSFAS grant, 14,400 a year, 1,200 rand a month, mm. that's 40 rand a day. Mm. Now, 40 rand a day is not much. I mean, I, I went and bought a roll and a muffin just now at mm. University of Pretoria. It cost mm. me 41 rand. Mm. You know, It's hardly a, really a good meal, mm. uh, But that's just what I'm eating for lunch Mm -hmm. outside anything else. Now, when if i could spend that if i could buy maize meal cabbage and spinach maybe i get a few meals out of that Mm -hmm. but when it's on a student card and i can only spend that on pre-cooked food at a student canteen or food hall then i'm really stuck so i've sat and i've talked to students they have the full grant but they seem they're having to make a choice every day which meal today am i going to eat and which one am i not going to eat i mean that's uh, to me it's an unbelievable situation that a student is having to face alongside studying and exams and so on so. It, the grant really needs to be looked at the food environment on our campuses and accessibility really needs to be looked at. And we have to make sure this is not just a way for certain companies to make more profits, but it's actually geared to ensuring students you know, have a healthy balanced diet. They enjoy their right to
0: food. Doc, if you don't mind, I'm going to open up the lines here to just basically take uh, comments on this conversation, because it's, it's a dark one. As I said, you know, not many people are going to come up and say, well, you know, as I sit right now, I am hungry and I don't have anywhere to go. Oh, 0891-104-207 is the number to dial. I'd love your comments. I'd love your calls, particularly for those students who really are experiencing this themselves. I'd love to hear from you. How are you managing right now with the kind of grants and, and, and the kind of stipends that you've got going there at university? Are you managing? Are you coping with the kind of pressures that you have? And more importantly, what are you eating? Um, doc, you know, for me, the... the when I think of what's happening in the campuses and what's available to you, at the very least, if you're going to survive on that money that we spoke about now, what is it? It's a packet of chips, perhaps, um, and and people live on that kind of kind of kind of diet. Packet of chips here, um, you know, kind of unhealthy snacks to keep going because that's all they can afford.
1: Yep. and let's not forget that the other demands on students money you know students like anyone else are going to want to communicate they sometimes have to pay electricity bills depending on the residence where they're living uh, you know they, 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 they there's a social life you know I don't and I don't think we should make light of something like the need to be able to join in to some extent a social life or even a sports life that you know we kind of think of the opportunity when you're a student at, at some of our campuses to now engage in sports and other activities if you being cut off from all those opportunities because you're just struggling to survive and meet your food needs. That's um, a serious disadvantage for those students. And these are students that come from disadvantaged
0: backgrounds. In a, in a more realistic way, though, what actually can be done immediately?
1: Immediately, I think that... We should we should take a joint responsibility. I, you know, I do believe the government should be looking into this, should be stepping in. I believe also students and others in universities can be taking action and look at what they can do. There is land where we can be producing more food at many of our universities. Are we using our land, even our agricultural expertise, to support food production? Are we using it to support even wider change in the food system, land reform, or to support agroecological farming practices that are more sustainable, or to support black farmers? Uh, And universities need to allocate more resources as well to to help students and identify what's happening.
0: Let me take those. Yep.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the, the Dalla Oma Institute, out of this Access to Food project, made a uh, petition to the South African Human Rights Commission, and they were asking for basically three things. First of all, do a national inquiry into this situation. Let's know what is going on, mm. and I think that's really important. And then report that back to Parliament with the recommendations, and then also make clear policy and other programmatic re- recommendations. We do need a comprehensive response, as well as we all need to take responsibility ourselves where we can.
0: Mm. Shumba, are you calling us from Durban? Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. How are you doing, um, madam? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Shumba.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, I I do actually concur with what's going on right now in studio, hmm. but uh, I wanted to actually give another picture yes. when it comes to food insecurity. Yes. Uh, I actually I was actually studying in Zimbabwe, but I do remember that a lot of uh, girls uh, children at the university they were exposed. Uh, a lot of bad things, abuse, simply due to food insecurity. Mm -hmm. So not only uh, is it actually affecting uh, the current uh, boy child at the university, but we must have a look at it. uh, To what extent is it affecting their health status? Because most of them, they do give in to such peer pressure, Mm -hmm. such pressures, simply because uh, they, do, they do have nothing so they fall in a lot of things so as much as we want to address our food yeah, insecurity we must actually also see the picture or the extent in which it is actually affecting the girl child at the university
0: Thanks very much for that and Doc, I mean he's talking about the nuances of how people you know, rise to the occasion and obviously those who are going to take advantage as well of the situation being a big problem in our society
1: Yep, and definitely people falling into you know unhealthy or dangerous kind of survival strategies like sex work yeah. being a common one, is, is is just one of the other negative outcomes of this situation. And I think the other thing Shumba is highlighting is this is not a South African problem alone. Mm-hmm. He's mentioning Zimbabwe, but we know it's in other African countries, but also even in in rich countries. You know, a study in Canada found that two out of five students in Canadian universities were food insecure, sure. and a study in the US found. 48% of students, that's across 34 different universities, The study found 48% food insecure. And interestingly, 57% of black students food insecure against 40% white students. So the same perpetuation of race inequalities. So clearly there's something about the vulnerability of students, mm-hmm. even in richer countries, let alone in a country like South Africa with its massive inequalities. Mm-hmm. And yes, very unfortunate practices that people essentially get forced into to survive and to progress, you know, and, and the the pressure students are under, even from poorer families, you're expected to get through, you're expected to succeed, you know, and be the champion for your family in the future. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we need to understand and appreciate those kind of
0: pressures. Sizwe, you calling us from eteguini Good afternoon to you, Sizwe. Yes, good afternoon,
3: and good afternoon to your care mm. I, I think I think it's a very important. Yes, I think this is a very important issue that you are discussing. And I think it's an issue that a lot of uh, black, particularly black students have been suffering from for many, many years. But I do want to, to think that, look, universities, they can, they can do, there's a much they can do. But for example, as the alumni of one of the universities in Deben, we do have a fund as, as, as convocants where we are putting money as former students and we are running what we call... A tiger campaign where we are encouraging former students to contribute at least hundred rand a month to, to that fund, where we, are, where we are then giving back to students. But I think the issue of the stigma has been the biggest challenge that we've experienced at the, at the university, where it's not easy to already elaborate. So what we've decided to do is to perhaps innovate, look into a situation where we are not opening kitchens, but what you do, we are giving students a voucher, some kind of mm-hmm. a voucher, use a voucher system because a voucher is a voucher. Nobody can stigmatize you. by by carrying a card. Like, for example, SASA uses cards now in terms of paying social grants. So I think we need, universities need to be more innovative in trying to come up with solutions. But I do think it's an issue that needs societal response, but also we must approach it in a political way.
0: Mm, Thanks very much for that, Caesar. Doc, would the cash itself being directed to the individual's bank account very discreetly possibly be one of the solutions. So an extra 100 Rand, it's not a lot, but it, it goes a long way in saving the dignity of that student. And number one, it's also it's, it's cash. So do you think that's another possible option instead of the queues where we, we try and feed these students?
1: Yes, certainly, and I think Cesar was pointing to the fact that we could put it onto a student card, and if all students, rich or poor, are using the student cards to buy, then there's no differentiation. No one is seeing or asking where did that money come from. So there's ways we can get around that. One of the things with the student card, though, is that we have to make sure that's usable in a diversity of places, and too often it's only usable in certain places with high prices, with a narrow range of food that often isn't healthy. So we have to get around where you can spend that money, But and certainly um, cash is... is is not a bad option and gives the student a lot of flexibility. Of course, people will argue, well, they might use it for drinking or for other things. But I think we have to respect to some extent the choice and agency of students. But oh, even if we're giving that cash, we're giving that card, we have to look at what kind of food outlets are available as well yeah. and on our campuses. And can we create, you know, cooking facilities where students can cook for themselves? And how do we change our food culture from a kind of junk food, throwaway food culture to one where we value and respect in
0: good, fact, the, um, healthy food. The, that, that argument about what they do with the money is always coming to, to question, isn't it? And, and Which I think for me is, is quite telling of how we want to have this nanny type of approach to these adults who are in tertiary, who can think for themselves. So trying to manage that they don't consume alcohol, I mean, it's, it's counterproductive.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and, yeah, I mean, I have a beer now and again, so it's <laughs> I don't think I'm too bad because of that. But the, the other point Caesar is raising is this, that we can contribute, and it's great if alumni are contributing in the way he's talking about, and certainly one would encourage that. And, we, you know, we do sometimes at RAG events, do food collections, etc. And that's great and should be supported, but that shouldn't be the whole picture. That is not a systematic systematic enough response to what's a systemic problem. So we do need to both do that kind of contribution, but also advocate for a, for a bigger response from university management and from the government as well to support that.
0: appreciate the time, Doc, Dr. Mark Leharif, who is a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Pretoria, and we are speaking about food insecurity in tertiaries. That conversation will be available as a podcast. 2.30 now. Let's go to Uzi Saku for the latest in headlines.